Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean sleigh! That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, we can't have a holiday season without a clean sleigh episode. And this year, why not have two? Right? Why not? Let's do it. This is exciting. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm in the holiday spirit. That's right. I love it. Being I can see from the ghosts every night. <laughs> really? Are um, they the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, or just random ghosts? All I know is that I'm terrified to sleep and I can't find my keys. Hey, you know what? There's a ghost out there driving your car right now, my friend. Ghosty, you can drive my car. Ridiculous. Why don't we just jump right in? Yeah. These are a bunch of mini topics submitted by you. We did, of course, an episode with Paget, which we put out around the Thanksgiving holiday as a special yeah. early present for y'all. And now yeah. you gave so many great topics that we couldn't possibly fit them all into one episode. So here comes more of them. That's right. This is your fault, people yeah, of the world. All right. Oh, you read this one because I have questions. Okay. This was suggested by Bethany Wells. Thank you, Bethany, for the question. Listen, we're going to give some advice to the big man right now of Christmas, Santa Claus. He can take this advice or leave it. And I don't know why he does it differently at different homes. But I suppose that, you know, some kids like to offer up their choices as to what they would prefer Santa Claus to do. And he accommodates accordingly. So should Santa wrap Christmas presents? Or leave them unwrapped and out when he arrives, drops off the presents, and leaves. What do you think? Wrap them up. Yeah. I like wrap. I mean, it's fun to have that moment on Christmas Mm -hmm. morning of coming downstairs and seeing the pile of goodies that Santa has left for you. But why not have an extra surprise, right? Yeah. If you're going to have one surprise. Tearing it open, you don't quite know what's in there, but you think yeah. you know because you know what you asked for. This is the moment of truth where you find out if you got it. And it's just like fun to rip into wrapping paper. Even at my advanced age, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Sometimes he'll wrap them inside the stocking too. It's a nice yeah. mix of wrapped and that unwrapped. I don't do. You don't do, you don't like to see I, the. If, if Santa's going to bring me some stuff and put it in the, that's the stockings, the wrapping for that. Cause I can't see what it is. Then I yeah. can like sort of reach in and feel it like, Oh, what does this feels like? Peanut M&M's. Oh, Santa knows me so well. But if it's under the tree, yeah, wrap it up. I'd like to see Santa wrap things that are so, it's so obvious what they are. Like a bicycle, a Christmas, yeah, guitar, bicycle, skis, a bowling ball, which is just wrapped around with three holes poked in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you have to poke the three holes. That kind of just gives it away. But yeah, for this one, Bethany... I hope that when Santa comes and drops off presents at your home this holiday season, those presents are wrapped so you get the double dose of surprise and joy. That's right. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. Chris Rooney asks, wood fireplace, gas fireplace, or you log on TV? Can I tell you, Mark, in our home, Mm -hmm. we have a gas fireplace. Yeah. We had the gas company out within the first six months we were here. Like 4th Mm -hmm. of July, a bunch of fireworks went off. And it sets, you know, that like gas lines, there's a little trip box. 
It's a little yep. plastic cube with a marble in it. Marble goes in the hole if it gets shaken and it shuts off the gas. Mm-hmm. So they had to reset those and the guy was checking stuff inside. He's like, do you use this fireplace? I said, no, we never have. He said, if you want us to turn it on, we'll come service it for you. It's something we do. Then you can use it whenever you want. We've never one time used it. Never used it ever. <laughs> well, you should use it. First of all, did you say yes to that question? I said, thank you for letting me know. Oh, you did? So they didn't actually set it up for you? No, it would have to be like a whole separate thing, but we haven't. Oh, I see. That's a whole thing. We have not done that. But I love enough, a, fireplace. a wood fireplace. Yeah, I love, love, love a wood fireplace because yeah. there's so many, the way it smells is great. The, mm. I feel like the trade off between a wood fireplace and a gas fireplace is that the gas is easier. You just turn it on and your fire comes on and cleaner, easier and cleaner. Yeah. Easier. Oh, I meant easier for both you, the worker of the fire, the fire stoker, and also easier on the environment. Sure. Potentially. Depends on how much gas you're using if you're going bonfire style. Yeah. You're running it just for three months straight during the winter. That's bad. Don't do that. But between the two fireplaces, yeah, there's something sort of magical. Not sort of magical. There's something really magical about a wood fireplace. It's what I grew up on during the holidays. I know I've told this before. We frequently would go up to Gatlinburg and rent a cabin for a couple of days up there. And uh, when we would go up, we would always have a fireplace going. It was always one of the kids job to keep the fire going, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, an odd job for a kid to have. Hey, kid, make sure you keep this fire going the whole time. I don't care if that log is too big to carry. Just roll it in. Get your hand in there. Get it up there. Put it in. No, no, no. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you, you big baby. Take that fire stoker. Yeah, that big pointy stick. You're six. You can handle it. Now poke around in this fire. What did the hypnotherapist say when they heard that? <laughs> What's that? What did the hypnotherapist say when they heard you say that? Uh, You know, I've been going to a regular therapist. I haven't been going to a hypnotherapist, Hal. Maybe but should. maybe I should start going to a hypnotherapist. The thing is, I tried it, but looking at that watch, I kept getting very sleepy and then not remembering anything that I did for an hour. Hmm. That's right. Are you a fan of the Yule Log on TV? Yeah, they're fun. I don't they're have sometimes. a fireplace. So that I frequently will just turn on and have that be my televised fireplace. But if you and I both have televisions high up on the wall. Like, yeah. you have yours at a nice height. Mine's higher, a little higher on the wall than yours. Yeah. So it is weird to have, like, a suspended fireplace above your head. I'll tell you what I did. I took a little TV, like a little monitor, last mm-hmm. year, and I had it on the floor in front of there. So I had the TV, but also on the floor I had a little TV monitor that was I only used as a fireplace. Perfect. Which is ridiculous. You've also no doubt seen, and I hope that everyone out there has seen the Darth Vader Yule Log. You're familiar with this? I've done it before. Yeah. It's a great, it's like a four hour loop. You can find it on YouTube. It's just a loop of that shot of Darth Vader in his funeral pyre. Yeah. Which makes a wonderful Yule Log. Uh, But the winner of this from Chris Rooney, wood fireplace, gas fireplace, or Yule Log on TV, without a doubt, wood fireplace. Asked and answered. Thank you, Chris. All right. Okay, Timothy Bailey asks, what's up, Timothy? Star Trek ornaments or Star Wars ornaments? I mean, this is just a which of these franchises are you a bigger fan of, right? I mean, there are some really good animated ornaments. Ken shared one with me that I did not buy that's like $70. Mm-hmm. And it's the Carbonite Freezing Chamber on Bespin from Empire Strikes Back. And it's got everybody there. And Han is in, he's in his restraints and you press a button and it lights up 
and it plays the entire scene. <laughs> like the, the, I, Chewy, Chewy, you got to take care of her now. I'll be all right. And the, all the way through, I love you. I know that too. He's worth a lot. You know, are you sure he's going to survive? He's worth a lot to me. You'll be compensated. And then, you know, the music plays and you hear the sound, all the sound effects and the Han lowers into the middle of the ornament. Mm -hmm. And then the lights change when you hear the of the carbonite process. And Mm -hmm. then up comes Han Solo and carbonite and it goes all the way to. Can I ask you a question, Hal? Unreal. What does this thing remotely have to do with Christmas? What does the Darth Vader have on my tree have to do with Christmas? <laughs> I know, but that's, look, I feel like that particular ornament is asking a lot. That is that like, is... hey, do you like looking at the tree? How about looking at one ornament on the tree that has nothing to do with Christmas for the next four minutes straight? Think of the number of ornaments that you have, including our Work Juice Improv ornament that we all have. Yeah, the best. That has nothing to do with Christmas. It's just a reminder of Work Juice Improv, and we can hang it on the tree because it's in the shape of an ornament. I think there are better reminders of that entire scene. I have a Wally and Eve where they're dancing, where they're doing the – where he's got the fire extinguisher so they can he can mm-hmm. fly with her. I do but love that. Look, I love motion picture moments depicted in ornament form. I think it's yeah. great. Yes, it's the time to enjoy the things that you enjoy. That ornament sounds hilariously over the top and wonderful and way 0% Christmassy, but you're right. Who cares? I do have one Star Trek ornament from growing up that would lend me toward thinking that Star Trek would be the winner of this, specifically because at least their ornament pays lip service to the season. And this is, of course, the famous shuttlecraft ornament. I believe it was a Hallmark ornament. When you press the button, Spock says, shuttlecraft to enterprise, shuttlecraft to enterprise. Spock here. Happy holidays. Live long and prosper. Did actually Leonard Nimoy or is that a voice match? I don't know. It might have been a voice match. Either way, the idea that Leonard Nimoy would send a missive back to the Enterprise just because he forgot to wish them happy holidays when he got in the shuttlecraft. He's like, oh, I forgot something. Hold on. Shuttlecraft to Enterprise. Quick, quick thing. Totally forgot this. Yes, yes. Is everything okay? Yes, it's totally fine. Just wanted to say happy holidays. I love that. Paulie's the sentiment behind that scene. I would argue that scene is more my favorite holiday scene than Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite. In its entirety. Just Leonard (laughs) Nimoy forgetting to say happy holidays to those still aboard the Enterprise. Listen, I love that. I think it's great. I don't think there's anything that be... When I tell you, Mark, that my jaw was on the ground watching that, that it exists, and like all I could think was, one day I will get this and it will hang on my tree. Like I have to get this at (laughs) some point in my life. I will find it. I will get it. It will hang on my tree. I have yet to see any Star Trek ornament that can top that. That is why I would say a whole movie scene. Wait, wait, it's so good. You don't understand all the moving pieces. You don't know. You haven't seen it. (laughs) So we're basing this. Well, look, this is the question that Timothy Bailey asks is Star Trek ornaments or Star Wars ornaments, not one specific ornament. So maybe we need to step away from it being that one specific ornament. Okay. I, with my sentimental version of that one famous scene where Spock says happy holidays to those aboard the Enterprise. Mm Mm-hmm. And you with 
the elaborate full scene version of the carbonite scene in general. Did Star Trek comes from a universe where Christmas exists, but Star Wars comes from a universe where Life Day exists and exactly. they had the special. They've had a number of specials. Now they have the Lego specials, which are cute, but nothing mm. beats that original 1979 special that's just pure garbage. I'm going to give it to Star Wars. I just think it's there's more fun to be had there. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm down for giving it to Star Wars, and it might be yeah. pushed over by the fact that Ken <laughs> just sent us a picture of the death of Spock immortalized in ornament form yeah. when he calls Kirk his best friend or his friend. Yeah, I, I am and always shall be your friend yeah. from Wrath of Khan. I also would accept from Star Trek Three, Klingon bastard, you killed my son. <laughs> And him, like the full scene of, of him and Scotty putting in the self-destruct sequence in the original Enterprise. What is with or, these dark moments getting turned into, can't we just have like the throne room scene? Just everybody no. wearing medals and smiling silver and gold, man. I need it all the way through him saying to Christopher Lloyd's character, like, we just need, what about it? He goes, I'll give two minutes to you and your valiant crew. And then he uses that to destroy the Enterprise and switch them aboard, except that Christopher Lloyd winds up on the surface and they fight. And the other one would be any scene from Star Trek V. <laughs> Anything with Cybox, like him trying to merge with Shakari. <laughs> Hal, I cannot wait to come over and see the cornucopia of... Your tree's going to look like a Comic-Con. Your whole tree yep. is just going to be a Comic-Con. Yep. Which I'm here for. I'm 100% here for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think Star Wars, Life Day pushes Star Wars over the edge, and the Death of Spock ornament pushes Star Trek into the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Even Star Wars glow. ornaments asked and answered, what is next? EJ Salazar, brine the turkey or not? And if brining, should it be a wet brine or a dry brine? I can answer this. I, yeah. Maybe we have this. First of all, absolutely brine the turkey. 100% brine the turkey. And wet brine the turkey specifically. It's yeah. so juicy. It's yeah. so juicy. Don't do what I did and not make the brine beforehand and put it in the bag. What I did was fill a bag with water, put a turkey in it, and then add salt and peppercorns. What like you're a like you're <laughs> like you're a witch that's cooking Bugs Bunny. Like uh -huh. you're cutting up a carrot yeah. individually, just right into the thing, directly <laughs> over the top. And then oh, at the yes. at the end, one last little pinch from which mm -hmm. hazel of something. Yeah, EJ, this is an easy one. First of all, hello, EJ. Hi, EJ. Brine the turkey and wet brine that turkey. Oh, it's yeah. so good. How did Ask you do your ham. turkey for Thanksgiving this year? We did a ham. Oh, you did a ham? Did a ham. Yeah, and I, I got like bubble that. guts on Monday from eating leftovers. Did you get bubble guts from leftovers? No, I didn't. I didn't have many have leftovers, leftovers because traveled. I traveled, so I came back. We did Trader Joe's, and it's already cooked, and you heat it up, and it tells you what temperature it's supposed to be because they're like... Just do 275 for like two hours. This is for four and a half pound hams, the smallest one they sold. Yeah. It did not come to temperature. It took forever to get it to come to temperature. I'm sitting there checking the temperature religiously. And then this packet of glaze that comes with it, I make mm -hmm. the glaze and I'm smelling it. I'm like, this smells terrible. And then I'm like, Jennifer, come smell this and tell me if you think we should put this on the ham. And she smelled it. She's like, no. So we threw that crap out. So what'd you do? Just maple syrup or something on top? No, just had some ham. Hey, man, nothing wrong with that. Just have a little ham. Ham. Well, if you're having a ham, enjoy your ham. If you're having a turkey, wet brine it. What's our next topic? Ken Plume. All right. Dina, I hope I'm saying that right. Dina McIntosh says, best month to begin to drink eggnog. 
I'm not going to lie, Dina. I have already started drinking eggnog. <laughs> and we went to the grocery store the other day. The eggnog wall, they have an eggnog wall. The whole eggnog wall was almost empty. Oh, wow. We had to get lactate eggnog. Lactate, oh. Hal. That's, we're only lactate in this house. Oh, that's fair. I like lactate the almond milk eggnog. We are currently, by the way, we are currently yeah. in November recording just this. Just barely. It is the end of November. Yeah. I think I got my first eggnog of the season. It might have been October. Really? Yeah. I like eggnog a lot. I got a carton of just a quart carton of the mm. Southern Comfort brand eggnog. No booze in it. Just Southern Comfort makes an eggnog because Southern Comfort goes well with eggnog. It makes sense much in the same way that Jose Cuervo makes a margarita mix that you just add Cuervo. This is eggnog. Just add SoCo. But I like it uh, by itself. You know where eggnog is great? Pancakes. Oh, yeah. Use that instead of milk and pancakes. Highly what recommend about French toast. French toast would be great for French toast. What about a waffle? Sure. What about scrambled eggs? Maybe not scrambled eggs. What about crispy wheat and raisins? Crispy wheat and oh, wasn't that a, that was a, a cereal that they used to have in the eighties, and they had a yeah. commercial that was like crispy wheat and raisins. Yeah, that's what my I vaguely had. remember. That oh my god! Come on, mom, mom, you can't spring for the raisin brand as the sugar on it. I actually liked crispy crispy wheat and raisins. It was good. I don't know why it went away. Probably because it wasn't raisin brand. Yeah, it was just a thing that was pretending to be Raisin Bran. That's mm-hmm. why it went away. Like, nice try. I know yeah. you're not Raisin Bran. You can't fool you're... me, crispy wheat and raisins. Now, if you wanted to get me something called crispy raisins, now I'm interested. <laughs> I have lots of questions, but I'm interested. What yeah. is a crispy raisin? How do you crisp a raisin up? Is it one of those singing raisins that sang I Heard It Through the Grapevine? Is that what happened to them? That's what happened to them. They all got turned into crispy raisins. Hey, after this gig, I'm going to get crisped up, but I just want to say it was really fun gigging with y'all. Oh, hey, wait, yeah, I heard wait, where it you? on the grapevine. No, no, no! I think the best month to begin to drink eggnog is November. Do it the day that Thanksgiving ends. You're okay from there. You maximize your eggnog drinking time. What do you think, Hal? Seconded. I don't drink eggnog. I was going to go with whatever you said. Surprise! <laughs> I like eggnog. Almond milk eggnog, a little bit lighter. Hmm. Yeah. Delightful. Hmm. All right. What is next, Ken Plume? Next. All right. This is the last question before the break. Chris Rooney asks, best toy from the island of misfit toys. Isn't there a weird jack in the box? Here's the thing. I think there's a definitely the funniest one who has the job as Harold of the island. And that is Charlie in the box. Charlie in the box. He is a yeah. jack in the box. Who is named Charlie, and yeah. that's what got him sent to the Island of that's Misfit Toys. Name. Maybe <laughs> instead of going to the Island of Misfit Toys, he could have just gone to the courthouse and changed his name <laughs> to Jack. <laughs> then he would be just like all the other Jacks in the box. Oh, But no, he was like, well, my name's Charlie. There's literally nothing to do to change your name or just go by Jack. My name is Charlie. But my friends call me Jack because I'm in a box. So I, I get why they call me that. It's not difficult, but I want to bring up what toys there are on that list. Uh huh. So there are 14 toys on the island of misfit toys. Hal, tell me which one of these stands out. One is a scooter. Nothing weird about that. Airplane, nothing out of the ordinary. The dolly for Sue, who is capable of saying, how do you do? 
I don't know what makes her a misfit because she looks perfectly normal on the outside. But I think that that might be the case for a lot of misfits. Yeah. There's a cowboy. Who, oh, man, this is what also is a pretty good one. A cowboy who rides an ostrich. The cowboy who rides an ostrich is pretty funny. Yeah, an elephant with spots. That's nothing. Yeah. No, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, it looks like a bowler to me. The train with square wheels. That seems like you're a misfit, but you're also, you physically cannot function and do your job. Like a Charlie in the Box can do his job. There's a Matrushka doll with a mouse inside it. A blue bear with feathers, which actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah. A bird that swims instead of flying, which seems awesome. Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that my vote either goes to Charlie in the Box. Yeah. Or the cowboy who rides an ostrich. I think Charlie in the box because his greatest offense is having the wrong name. Yeah, that is an easy fix. Charlie in the box. That is some bottom of the barrel stuff right there. Yeah. All right. There you go. Charlie in the box asked and answered. All right. Take let's a quick take a break. Oh, okay. you, had the, you and I had the same idea that what? Ken texted us. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we will continue to clean out this sleigh. How this sleigh is a mess. I'll get the hose. We'll be right back. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Thrupple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. All right, we are back. What is our next topic? Oh, this is from Kate McManus. Hello, Uh researcher Kate McManus. Interesting. To re-gift or not to re-gift? Ooh, it depends on who gave it to you. Yeah, I think that's true. I think re-gifting. Yeah, it's there's a certain cutoff point of relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if they're beyond that point in relationship, keep the gift. If they're before that point, I think it's okay to re-gift as long as the person you are re-gifting to is in no way associated with the other person. As long as the Venn diagrams don't overlap. You know, you also shouldn't hold on to something you're not going to use just because you feel bad. I think it's worth some open communication, but also you could donate it. Donate, Uh, yeah. Hang on to it for a little while. It's not that Mm -hmm. big. Like, hold on to it for a little while and then you can get rid of it. Yeah. I think regifting is uh, regifting is risky unless you're giving mm-hmm. it to someone in a completely different social circle. Yeah, that's the thing. If it is an obligatory office secret Santa gift mm-hmm. and then a white elephant party from a totally different group of people that you know peripherally. Yeah, you can give that away. 
you can get, you know what I mean? That's a, yeah. if it's an obligatory gift, I think a regifting is fine. Yeah. If it is meant to be a thoughtful gift, then maybe don't. To err on the safe side. That said, we also don't know the financial situation of everyone involved in this whole process. If re-gifting is going to save critical bucks at the holiday season for you, then yeah, it's a time when people wind up spending a lot more money than they want to. Maybe figure out a way to make it a personal thing. And, you know, if I receive a gift that I know you are really going to love, but I have no real need for, I guess my thought becomes it's okay as long as there is some thoughtfulness to it. If there's thoughtfulness as to whether or not to regift, there's mm-hmm. thoughtfulness to how to regift, mm-hmm. and there's thoughtfulness about to whom the gifts are going. But generally speaking, don't do it. Generally speaking, I say, yeah, maybe donating is better if it's not something that you're. That's right. Don't yeah. regrift. Don't regrift. Right. Asked or answered. Asked and answered or answered and also answered. All right. Another person of the world, spectacular Leslie Troutman asks, mm. stay up late or get up early? Is this just in general or is like on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. I wish I could. Uh, yeah. This it is, is a clean sleigh. This is Christmas I Eve. I wish by pray that I could wake up late, stay up late. I don't have that capacity anymore. I, I get tired at 8 p.m. because mm-hmm. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I can't stop it. I'm caught in a cycle, Mark, that I cannot stop. I don't need to get up at 5 a.m. There's no need. I could comfortably wake up at 8 a.m. because I work at home and be at work at 8.30, which is my preferred time to start work for the day. Yeah. But I am, I don't know how. I don't know what to do. And I'm exhausted, man. I'm exhausted getting even eight or nine hours of sleep. I can't. But I can't stay up. Well, listen, I've got things that'll help. Oh, do you? Yeah. I had a monster energy drink just a couple hours ago. Too much taurine. (laughs) Yeah, this is tough because it's, I love Christmas Eve and I love Christmas morning, but I don't want to rush through Christmas Eve because I love Christmas morning and I want to get to it faster. I think a lot of it depends on whether there are kids involved and you have kids in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. If there are kids involved, go to bed early on Christmas Eve because they're going to wake up crazy early on Christmas Day and you want to have gotten a little sleep before that. I love the anticipation of Christmas morning. Here's the thing. I don't know how this is an either or because for me, frequently, I stay up late on Christmas Eve watching a movie, having eggnog, and also I get up early on Christmas morning. So the answer is yes. So the answer to stay up late or get up early is yes. Yes. Asked and answered. Yeah. I don't think you need that. It's Christmas. You're going to nap in the afternoon anyway. You don't need your Very full eight hours. Yeah. EJ Salazar is back asking, is apple cider better warm or cold, spiced or not spiced? I am, as you know, Mark, a world famous lover of the apple juice. Yeah. Love it. Love it so much. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of the apple cider. A little, a little, because it tastes like something's happened to the apple juice, but I do love Getting a bottle of apple cider off the shelf at TJ's, mm-hmm. get that, bring it home, and then I put mm-hmm. it in a pot with a bag of mulling spices. And then and TJ gets it. home and is like, where – I'm assuming you're talking about TJ Fowler from my middle school. TJ yeah. gets home and is like, hey, I had this bottle of apple cider. What's happening? And then I was like, it's my apple cider now. And then I yeah. punch him in the throat. Wow. I love the smell of it. It just, mm-hmm. there's something very like just fall about it. Not even yeah. holidays for me, but like, hey, it's September, October. 
it's chilly somewhere, 100 degrees where I live, but it's chilly somewhere. Yeah. And uh, it just makes it feel, I think, warm and spiced. That would be me. What do you think? Yeah. I, look, I love chilled apple cider. I've had apple cider. We went to a uh, pumpkin apple picking harvest thing in Fairfax, Virginia, and they had cold apple cider there straight out of the tap, and it was great. That said, I can get a bottle of apple cider cold at the grocery store. There's right. something that makes it special when it's spiced with cinnamon, nutmeg, and warmed up. Then it becomes a communal thing. It becomes an event. It becomes, or just for yourself, a moment to sit down and have something special. I think that's yeah. what makes it special. And I think the holiday season is special. And that's why I'm with you on that. I think warm and spiced is the best way to have your apple cider. That's Asked me. and answered. What did you say, Hal? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I said, yes, queen. Oh, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> All right. Jason Gottshall, Gottshall, what's up, Jason? Asks, fruit pie best served warm or cold? Is a pumpkin a fruit? Yeah, that you serve cold. You don't serve that warm, right? I mean, I've had it warm because we we had it homemade. So yeah. it was uh, like That's straight out of the, yeah, as it cooled off. I mean, there's something kind of, it's interesting. This doesn't necessarily, I don't necessarily have a lot of fruit pies during the holidays. You know what I mean? I do. Apple pie at the beginning of the fall, but the holidays to me, and where I grew up, it was more about pumpkin pie. And for us specifically, pecan pie. Which pecan pie was warm. the big, big deal for us. Always warm for us, pecan pie. If you're having pie warm, any pie, mm. and you're not putting ice cream on it, you're wasting my time, <laughs> Mark's time, everybody's listening time, most importantly, your time. And if you have trouble with dairy, there are options. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. That said, I feel like by and large at like a Thanksgiving dinner around the holidays tends mm -hmm. to be cold. Yeah. It's not a hot pie that we're having generally. I will defer more to you on this one because I'm not, again, I don't have a ton of fruit pie around the holidays. I am yep. warm pecan pie all the way. We did a pumpkin pie and a cherry pie. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, cherry pie. I do love cherry pie. Yeah. You have to let it cool or else you will hurt yourself. And I take it from me. <laughs> Someone yeah. who's injured himself will not being willing to wait. Well, also you got to for a cherry pie, you got to wait so that for its structural stability as well. Yes, that's right. You, you know what I mean? If you've made a cherry pie and you take apple it right out of the too. oven, you're like, oh, I'm going to eat this apple pie too. I'm going to eat this right now. Well, guess what? You're about to have a uh, fruit soup with cinnamon dust. Yeah. If it's a good, if it's a good fruit pie, I think cold. Yeah. I'm going to assume you're not serving yourself garbage because I believe in you. Yeah. So it's cold. Asked and answered. Who would have thought? Interesting. All right. Yeah. Warm your apple cider. Cold pie. You know when cold pie is really good? Huh? Breakfast. Oh, yeah. That is a Christmas season. I'm off from school for a week. I'm going to have a slice of cherry pie for breakfast today. There it is. All right. Emily Ooh, Doyle. Oh, I love this one. This is a big one. Everybody yeah. gets the Popcorn Factory Tri-Flavor Tin. Yeah. Caramel corn. It has cheddar popcorn and it has butter popcorn. Emily's asking, what is the best of the three popcorn tin flavors? I know the one I would pick. What would you mm -hmm. pick? Okay. Of the three popcorn tin flavors. Yes. As a person who lived in Chicago for college, my yes. favorite thing to do is to mix the caramel and the cheddar cheese popcorn. Right. Yeah. The butter popcorn. Nobody likes. No, it's not. It's, I guarantee you it's not going to be the butter popcorn. That's butter popcorn is fine. Butter popcorn is better when it's just been popped. Yeah. This is a two way race. Of the three popcorn tin flavors. 
Yeah. I have a special affinity for caramel corn because I had it a lot as a kid and like the Ocean City boardwalk, Atlantic City boardwalk, you get yeah. Johnson's caramel corn hot. They, you get a Oh, interesting. I don't think I've ever hot, had have it. hot so recently good. made caramel corn. If we're ever down the Jersey Shore together, I will take I love you on that. a snacking tour Ooh. of the Ocean City boardwalk. Deal. It's worth it. I don't know. The cheddar part of me. Good. The cheddar popcorn is great. Oh, so good. It's so good. And also there's, I keep coming back to mm. the seasonality of it. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be, I don't want it to be just, it's, it's the, this question. Emily asks best of the three popcorn tin flavors, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if we need to add into that and include it within our best, the most holiday centric of the three, because I can get great caramel corn year round. I don't see the cheddar popcorn as often year round. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to, a Cracker Jacks in the summertime, the caramel popcorn is great with baseball, right. you know? So there's yeah. lots of different times of year that that is out there. But I think that the cheddar popcorn specifically makes me think of the holiday. Now, does that necessarily make it the best one? No, but it does have that added edge of being the Christmasiest of them. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with the cheddar popcorn. Now, have you ever, not to mm-hmm. cut off the asked and answered of this, mm-hmm. have you ever gone full rogue? And just opened up that popcorn tin and pulled that little tri-separation cardboard out? Uh, no, but I don't, I mean, like, I would. I just don't want the butter popcorn. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, butter popcorn. In between, I would pull that in a second, no problem. Yeah, in a world where both of them, ah, this is tough, though. Yeah, I'm going to throw another wrench in it. I think that the, I love the cheddar popcorn, and it does make me think more of the holidays. Yeah. But if my hand is just reaching in, just purely... Just reaching in for the snack, I think maybe six out of ten times I'd reach for the caramel corn. Well, then I think that's our answer. Ah, it's, it's not as Christmassy corn. as the cheddar. That's an answer. Wait, wait, wait hold on. It. You've just I asked, asked and answered, answered both the cheddar and the caramel. It's a clean slate. I didn't say asked and answered on cheddar, did I? No, we were. You were about to, and then I kept going. Haha, that's because you wanted it to happen on caramel corn, and it has. You're welcome. <sighs> Yeah, I think it's the caramel. Also, because caramel is a flavor of the holidays. Yeah. There you go. All right. One more. Okay, this is our final question <laughs> from Timothy Bailey. And the final question is, oh, this is going to be a doozy. Ken is really, uh, oh, get out of here. This feels like a joke. The holly or the ivy? The holly or the ivy. Okay. Uh, first of all, the ivy league is a scam. It should be banned. All Wait, of that. What is this? The, the Ivy League schools are all one big scam. They all have endowments that are bigger than the budget of most nations, yeah. but they won't allow any more people in because the scarcity lets them stay expensive. They could educate so many more people with the endowments that they have, but they really only want to save their money so that they can outlast this government if our government should ever fall. And Holly is those delightful berries and little sprig that you put in your hat. This one's a no brainer. It's the holly. Did you know that if you go early acceptance to any Ivy League school and they offer it to you, you have to take it? You cannot turn it down. And if you turn it down, if you turn it down and you've applied to any other Ivy League schools, they will not accept you. It's an agreement amongst those schools. This is true. Yeah. And also the whole legacy thing. Get rid of the legacy thing. The legacy thing is stupid and it's a dumb way to gatekeep middle class people out of your school. Oh, we're not decking the halls with boughs of ivy. Yeah. Yeah. The ivy is secondary. The ivy is ancillary and only exists 
for purposes of this song to have a second thing to talk about. So it's not just the holly, just the holly, when it was just full grown. Yeah. Uh, And listen, of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crown. Not the ivy, the holly. There you go. There it is. Asked and answered. It's the holly. Take that, Ivy. But who, Sorry who, for who going on an go Ivy League school <laughs> rant good. there at the You're end. Good. You're good. Uh, that took a turn that I did not expect. Let's get one more. I, Ken, I you got to have one more. I, wanna, I want one more. I want a palate cleanser after that. One more. A bonus one. With much love to Timothy Bailey. Yes. We're going to end it on another one. It's coming. I see the ticker tape. Chris Rooney. Is Rudolph a mutant? This is, In, I like, assume. The X-Men sense? I mean, this is a genetic mutation that would cause his nose to glow. Sure. Is he a mutant in the sense, no, he's not a mutant. Here's why. Because most mutants, their powers don't manifest until they reach puberty. He has a glowing nose right away, long before he reaches any kind of maturity. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. Genetically a mutant. X-Men, not a mutant. Unless all of a, unless the North Poles are like Krakoa or, or Gen or Krakoa. That's what it is. Krakoa. That's the island. It's like the mutant island in X-Men. Right? Isn't that right, Ken? I don't know. Now, I'm, now I'm thinking of Krakow, and I'm thinking of, listen, Rudolph is only a mutant if he's Polish. And I'm going, what is yeah. happening right now? Yeah. Right. We've lo- I've lost the thread. Right. All right. Well, Hal, as always, this has been a delight. It and really Ken, is. as always, this has been a delight. Yes. These are always really fun. I love doing Clean Slay episodes. I wish we could do Clean Slay episodes all year. Maybe Ken, that's what but- Santa will put in my stocking unwrapped because it's Maybe in the stocking so. and the stocking is the wrapping how oh, you sound just like me yeah I, did you think it was you talking for a second You're like oh i got a weird echo yeah like yeah. listening to a mirror <laughs> these topics are closed but there are many more to discuss so please reach out to us via email that we got this podcast at gmail.com or you can join our Facebook group, the greatest community on all the internet, facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. It's where the, all the suggestions for this came from. That's where they came from. Thank you to producer Ken Bloom. You can support him at patreon.com slash Ken Bloom and just in time for the holidays. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and my PIC, our QA engineer, Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, who this is now our sixth holiday season with? Seventh holiday season with? Eighth. Eighth holiday season with. Wow. This has become a holiday tradition for us, and there's nothing I love more than creating new holiday traditions with my dear, dear friends and all of the people of the world out there who listen and give us an opportunity to do this week after week. So to all of you, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin, and don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.